Welcome to Sense Per Mile. I'm your host, Charles Gracie. And I'm your co-host, Paul Gibson. Uh, so before we get started, just like always, if you could like, subscribe, rate, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and today, uh, I think is a little bit more of a serious note, um, a serious issue coming up and, um, we're definitely going to talk about it. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm gonna kick it over to Josh. Uh, Hey Josh, what's up? What's up gentlemen? Uh, today we are talking about something that, uh, I know we are all very passionate about. Uh, that is, uh, speed limiters. I thought you were going to say candy corn. No, no candy corn. Gross. I know Paul <laughs> loves speed limiters. Uh, you can Dude. see by the look of his face. I mean, look at that. Look at that face. I don't think anybody loves speed limiters. Like, uh, I could think of a certain organization. Do they love it or do they just want to, you know, have something to do while there's nothing else that they could be doing that's productive <laughs> to help the industry? Well, I think they might. And uh, we'll definitely talk about why for sure. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, we've got an interesting quote from Pete Buttigieg. Charles, you want to you want to take that one? Yeah. So our transportation secretary said that we lose about 300,000 truck drivers a year. We have to look at everything from working conditions to compensation. The sooner we can address those, the sooner we can not only bring people into the career, but have people stay and thrive in a vitally important part of our supply chain. So to that, I would respond with a quote from one of the greatest political comedians of all time, uh, the late George Carlin, who once said, in reference to this quote, he didn't say in reference, but in reference to it, George Carlin once said, uh, bullshit is the glue that binds us as a nation. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. So, it is true. With that being said, I mean, we, 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 you know, there's, there's lots of talk of like, oh, let's make all this stuff inclusive. Let's bring everybody in. Let's make it better for drivers. Obviously, you know, Buttigieg to, 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 to his, you know, out of respect, like he has been a very loud advocate for truck parking, which is obviously, you know, a problem, the 11 to one ratio. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he's not doing anything to stop, uh, what the FMCSA is trying to do. Uh, if you haven't heard, if you live under a rock, um, basically they're uh, going to drop their rule uh, potentially in June for uh, speed limiters, uh, which is uh, terrifying. But I did reach out uh, to bring somebody from the ATA on the show. Um, you can see the post if you're looking on screen. Um, and did not get a response. So, uh, but, but on that, hmm. well, I mean, we did get some responses. Uh, we got 696 impressions with zero responses from the people we were asking to come in and enlighten us with this infinite wisdom that they're dropping in this bill. And we did tag them. And I know that like I'm connected with a decent amount of members. Uh, so that's kind of sad, but uh, either way, I mean, I guess you don't need to come on a podcast and talk about it when you've said on your website clearly where you stand. So from trucking.org, the ATA's website, they say uh, they go over what they don't support. They, you know, the general gist of it. Uh, but what they say they support, it says <clears throat> what we support. Official ATA policy supports a maximum set speed of 70 miles per hour in trucks equipped with automatic emergency braking and adaptive cruise control. In trucks without those safety features, our policy supports a maximum speed set uh, set speed of 65 miles per hour. Um, that, uh, <laughs> that, that's not good. Uh, well, all right. So 
think about this. You know, you got a bunch of people, and I'd like to imagine that there's some people in the ATA that have driven trucks. I, I can't fathom the idea that this whole organization. There's that guy in the mascot costume we met at Matt's. <laughs> Outside of the mascots, which we did cover that, you know, with this imposing driver shortage to take Fun that fact, did of- you know, real quick, did you know most of their road crew drives LTL? And that says it all right there, folks. Anyway, sorry, keep going. But in this impending driver shortage, we have overly qualified drivers in mascot uniforms walking around. I mean, if that doesn't scream leadership making bad decisions, I don't know what does. Um, But you have these people that I hope are making the decisions and they've been in a truck at some point, not just for a ride along. Anybody that's been in the truck like myself, um, they're already capped off by insurance policies in most cases, especially with a lot of these big carriers, uh, with the exception of some of your owner operators and even them, they've been capped off at a certain mile per hour based on insurance. Uh, otherwise they have to pay an absorbent amount of money just to be insured. Now you got these trucks that are going to be all 70 to 65 miles an hour, depending on the bells and whistles on that truck. Um, have you ever been beside or even behind two trucks trying to pass each other. It takes forever. Oh, yeah. And then tr- yeah. cars start doing things like, hey, we're going to pass on the shoulder. We're, we're going to mm-hmm. zig around, cut you off, tap our brakes. A lot of the general motoring public don't understand that these trucks are capped off already to a certain extent. And then they get angry at the driver and do some reckless stuff. I mean, this has just got bad written all over it. Uh to put all the trucks at the same speed, you know, someone's going to try to pass someone or someone's not doing the speed they're supposed to be doing. So then when they go to get past, all of a sudden they wake up and come to work and decide to speed up. And now we're doing a snail race. I mean, this is going to cause, in my opinion, more accidents than solve any. Yeah, well, for sure. And I mean, you know, like, um, you know, I think uh, we were talking about earlier and, and the conversation of, you know, when you hit a hill. You know, like a lot of people, you know, you, you, you go up to get that momentum to go up the hill. But I mean, if you're only, if you're capped at 65, going up that hill is going to be, you're, you're going to be doing like 25 if you're fully loaded. Yeah. I mean, this is terrible. I, I think the industry does need a lot of help, but this is not helping. This is not how you scream, hey, make tra- trucking sexy again to attract new talent. This is the opposite of that. Um, and, and the worst part is, is by the time you figure it out, you're already in that truck stuck at 65 and like, Hmm, I should have zigged when I zagged. Well, and, and so we'll, we'll definitely get into theories and stuff like that in a bit, but real quick, um, another organization that, uh, I have very rarely ever seen, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, they're always angry. Well, uh, with good reason, but, uh, they seem a little bit extra, um, upset by this and understandably is Oida. Um, and so we have a quick clip of uh, Louis Pugh talking about speed limbers, uh, in front of Congress. Probably at the present time, the largest thing we see is speed limiters coming out of DOT. Um, for one, it's going to create a speed differential across the country and which as someone who's driven truck, I, lived in a state that had split speed limit for years and years and years. It does create unsafety. It does, it creates lots more um, interactions between trucks and cars, first of all. It creates a lot of um, uh, upset other car drivers. I'm sure we've all taken a trip somewhere across this country and gotten 
behind a couple of trucks. It takes eight or 10 miles to pass one past the other. And a lot of times those trucks are speed limited. There is all kinds of research and studies out there that show that when traffic all travels the same speed, it's much safer for everyone. There's a lot of good points on this one, uh, not to mention the we live in a day with road rage. So <laughs> imagine being stuck for 10 <laughs> miles behind two Dude. trucks trying to pass each other. I even I even understand how it works, and and sometimes I get back there and I'm just like, man, like he's going he's going sixty five, or he's going sixty two. You're going sixty five. Like, I mean, just dude, I live at one of the biggest truck stops in the Midwest, uh, and I drive past it daily. And the amount of cars that don't pay attention to the truck drivers, don't understand them being under loads, uh, especially if this gets passed, uh, like we were talking about the general public doesn't pay attention already they don't know so so if the 65 a mile an hour governor or, or less you know if it gets passed they're definitely not going to know what the heck is going on and they're going to be they're already up the driver's rear end you know now they're already up the truck driver's ass basically so yeah. they would just be worse well and i live in the mountains so we're dealing with trucks going through hills and mountains all day long. It's nothing but hills and mountains out here. Can you imagine a truck that can't get up to speed trying to go up? I mean, it's already bad enough, and they all get into the right lane, and cars are zooming past them and getting over. And then you got, you know, the people that are sitting on the runoff ramps for photo moments. <laughs> and so so two things with that. Uh, one we live in the age of the, the ultimate age of information. Yep. Uh, the, all the information in the entire world is free and available to you on the internet. Uh, so is it, they don't know, or is it, they really just don't care anyway. I think it's a combination. Be... <laughs> I, I, I think it's combination. Ignorance is bliss. You know, I, I once had a, a friend uh, who told me like when I'm out there, I have to pretend like everybody else is the dumbest person in the world. You do. So, so that is one of the first things that most professional trainers are going to teach a driver is treat everyone like they're stupid, assume everyone's stupid, try to anticipate where stupid's going to happen, and that's the only way you can begin to be safe in that truck. The second thing that they teach you out there is to always be thinking 10 steps ahead, which kind of coincides with the first one, you know, anticipate where stupid's going to happen. Uh, when I drove, I, I purposely, you, you know, I wasn't that person out there trying to hammer down the whole way uh if there was a pack of cars i mean they're trying to get in front of that pack or stay behind it i'm trying to stay away from the cars because the cars generally are doing the stupid shit um now i'm not saying a driver can't be stupid they're stupid doctors they're stupid everything uh so there are some bad drivers out there um and we've got plenty of video to support that but um I think that the people here have so many things that are more pressing to make trucking sexy again, to attract new talent into the pool, to retain talent in the pool. You know, let's come out with a pay structure that's unified, that makes sure all the drivers are being paid uh, for what they're worth and what they're doing. Let's come out with a parking solution so these drivers can actually have safe areas to park let's come out with a fix to hours of service but no we decided to grab the low-hanging fruit that makes no sense let's grab the speed limiter because this is something we can regulate this is something where you can charge more money for and uh yeah this sounds like a good idea 
I mean, what a epic waste of taxpayer dollars. Maybe the reason they're doing the speed limiters is to help with the parking problem. If they can't get to the parking because they've got a speed limiter, you don't have to worry about finding a parking space. You know what else they're not going to get to? The load on time. You know where else they're 100%. not going to get? <laughs> so to be fair, though, I mean, most people, there, there's a lot of people out there that that aren't going much faster than that anyway because i mean if anything else you know fuel in this economy you know but uh it is it is what it is but it's the idea that you know with those extra touches um and and instances that you're going to run into with the you know four-wheelers and the rest of the motoring public you don't have as much flexibility for maneuverability obviously you know you don't need to be like you know getting up to pass somebody at 90 miles an hour or anything like that but it's, it's the idea that that's one less option to you as a professional driver uh, to make sure that you're in the safest position you could possibly be. Uh, but real quick, um, let's actually, so, you know, we, we, we kind of talked about organizations uh, and, and lobbying groups, but we haven't really discussed what the FMCSA, who are the ones actually dropping the rules, uh, have actually said. So, uh, real quick, I'm going to run over their notice of intent that they put out last year that it appears that they're about to follow up on in June. Yes. Uh, despite opening up all those, you know, the comments section, and I think I think Oida said they got something like over 15,000, you know, comments from truck drivers, mostly owner-operators who are livid, to say the least. But <laughs> uh, the National Roadway Safety Strategy identified speed as a significant factor in fatal crashes and speed management as a primary tool to reduce serious injuries and fatalities. FMCSA understands operating at a safe speed is essential for safe operations and acknowledges the commercial motor vehicle industry currently leverages this technology to increase our driver and public safety. Most original equipment manufacturers have been installing electronic engine control units and CMVs since 2003. The vast majority of CMVs in operation today are equipped with ECUs. FMCSA is moving forward with this rulemaking because of concerns about the number of CMV crashes and fatalities traveling at high speeds. In 2019, there were 860 fatal crashes in areas with posted speed limits of 70 to 75 miles per hour. 24 fatal crashes in areas with the posted speed limits between 80 and 85 miles per hour. Approximately 20% of fatal car crashes occur in areas with posted speed limits in these ranges. The rules will help reduce crashes and save lives on our nation's roadways. The Notice of Intent announces the FMCSA's commitment to proceed with a supplemental rulemaking proposal and request public inf- or, uh, comments about the issue. FMCSA is pursuing or pursuing a carrier-based approach rather than an OEM approach used in the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and FMCSA's jointly issued notice of proposed rulemaking published in September of 2016. <laughs> the forthcoming... <laughs> it's a lot. It's almost done. Uh, so stick with us. Uh, the forthcoming rulemaking, if adopted, would impose speed limitations on certain CMVs that operate in interstate commerce. The NOI is not proposing a maximum speed, nor does it propose regulatory text or estimates of the cost or safety benefits. Uh, FMCSA is requesting public comments on the programming or adjustment of ECUs that could be used to impose speed limits on CMVs to support preparation of a supplemental notice of proposed or proposed rulemaking. Um, so those numbers, uh, obviously anyone dying is terrible but but those uh, people uh, crash at 70 to and this is where our drivers have spoken up uh i've been one to speak up on this as well if you got 70 to 75 miles an hour 
and you're saying that 860 crashes took place in that range. Fatal what, crashes. Yeah, so there, fatal there, there crashes. Been more. All right, so we got 860 fatal crashes. Was speed the determined factor of that fatal crash? No. Either either way, if your argument is that uh, going 70, 75, there were 860 fatal crashes, at that point, um, all of those cars are still going to be going 70 to 75. Exactly. The cars are still doing the exact same thing, and there's so many studies out there that show the percentage outweighs the trucking fault when it comes to who was at fault the percentages of vehicles at fault being the four-wheelers and being the trucks not at fault how many studies have been released in the past couple years that have shown the drivers are not the ones the majority of time at fault yeah so to sit there and now point the finger at the speed those cars are still going to be maintaining the same speed those cars are going to be zooming around more trucks rather than being running alongside one or two trucks. Real quick as a devil's advocate, though, it says there's only 24 fatal crashes in areas with uh, speed limits posted between 80 to 85. We just need to jack so maybe up the we need to, yeah, we need to jack up the speeds. Okay. <laughs> I was going to go there next on that one. But he, here's the other thing on this that really, so I, I'm truly going to pl- play devil's advocate here. Great. So, we already talked about how insurance regulates the speed on a lot of these companies' trucks. Most of them that I've seen out there are regulated already. The only mm-hmm. person or group of people that this hurts is the small mom and pops that don't have those already on their trucks. Um, the owner operators that might be running with gliders and stuff like that. This now is another undue cost that we have to impose on them in order to run the roadways and perform their jobs. I mean, where does this stop? Um, Mm. So being devil's advocate on this, if I had to assign, and by no means is this an actual stat, I'd say probably 70% of your trucks out there already have this or some sort of speed limiter on them due to insurance regulations if they're newer trucks. Mm -hmm. Um, With the exception of gliders and that, the only person that's going to be assuming this undue cost is going to be the independent owner operators and the small mom and pops. And they're going to have to take these in buy these expensive things. And they've already put it in here. Hey, does not propose regulatory text or estimates of the cost of this said safety benefits. I mean, what's that mean? So I would, uh, I would beg the question then if it only support, like if the, if the only people it really hurts is mom and pops and, and, and just owner operators, right? It's almost like it's almost like there's a group of people who benefit from that who might be part of an organization. Just say a bigger organization. I, I, uh, I asked uh, I asked um, I did ask one of my recruiting director friends um, who who is a driver's advocate, but also at the same size. Uh, he said, yes, that is terrible for drivers and I don't think it's safe. But his response was, on the other hand. Uh, working at a company where our trucks are governed, it levels the playing field for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you can't you can't have these owner operators who have these abilities, um, you know, to go in and make things happen. Um, and it just it levels the playing field. So like companies that do govern their trucks, 
now have a level playing field. And, you know, it, you, you look at who their representation is and, and you can kind of start to put the pieces together on that side of it. Well, uh, and so this is one of those things, like I said, where it's already pretty much regulated, unwritten uh, in law mm-hmm. or bills. Uh, it's well, by it's like insurance how, it's companies. Like, it's like how ELOGs happened. Yeah. Um, so the only people this is hurting, I, I defer back to my previous statement, is the smaller companies the independent owner operators um, and the drivers being someone that was in a speed limited truck. I can't tell you how bad it sucked to be in a situation where I'm trying one of the first things. And it's actually, unless they changed the book since when I last read one uh, it's in the book that you're supposed to always have an out. Sometimes you have to speed up to create that out. Mm -hmm. Now you're removing another tool in order to remove yourself from a potentially hazardous situation that doesn't just, uh, put you in a dangerous situation but the general motoring public around you because you couldn't create that out yeah so well and and you know obviously you know like you used to drive i didn't drive uh josh didn't drive um but we've been in the industry for a long while so you know we've been we've been around uh but i uh, got a couple of owner operators that are pretty popular uh on social media that uh you know we might give a voice to so the first one's going to be Dave from Smart Trucking. We took a clip from one of his videos. If you haven't ever checked out Smart Trucking, you absolutely need to. It's absolutely amazing. Lots of great resources. Um, and that guy is just on top of his game. Kind I love this guy's T-shirt in this video. Oh, dude, it's the best. <laughs> um, Taking the fun so out of we'll trucking. Ch- we'll check out a clip from that real quick. So speed limiters, what is with these people? If there's truly a driver shortage... Why do they keep mandating these things that will force drivers to leave the industry? First, the ELD, they mandated that, thousands left. Now, if they bring in the speed limiter thing, thousands more will leave. This legislation is specifically targeting owner-operators. Why? Because owner-operators represent a faster, more efficient way of delivering freight than the mega-fleets offer, and the mega-fleets don't like competition. All right. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think uh, from the T-shirt to everything, I think he nailed it yeah. um, a little bit more exotic, intense take uh, with a little bit of humor, but also a lot of bit of seriousness. Uh, had him on the show last week. Uh, Mike Lombard from Lombard Trucking. You can follow him just about anywhere at, at Lombard Trucking uh, and both these channels will or both both these people will have them tagged in the description. So if you want to check out more of their content. Go check them out. Today in history, May 3rd, 1469, nice. Niccolo Machiavelli was born, considered the father of political ideology. He was a lifelong patriot and diehard proponent of a unified Italy. Famous for the phrase, politics have no relation to morals. So when you see me refer to the organizations such as the ATA, DOT, FMCSA, and the mega carriers as our enemies, it is because they are political entities and they have no relation to morals. The truth is they hate you, they want to see you fail. They want to render you useless or replaceable. The evidence is right out in the open. Where's the trust the science crowd after reading the article about the ELD mandate leading to an increase in fatalities and accidents? The S in FMCSA stands for safety, but they don't care. And like Machiavelli said, I'm not interested in preserving the status quo. I want to overthrow it. Every time I watch that video, it makes me want to run through a damn wall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, while it might seem over the top, it's not wrong. You know, like uh, it's 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 just it's not. 
it, it, we're constantly doing these things to drivers. And it, so, but also to be fair, real quick, um, basically there was a bill that was proposed recently in, um, in Congress, uh, in the house of representatives. Um, let's see. And, and so it's, it's pretty by, uh, I believe it was bipartisan. Um, but basically what it does is it, it's bill 3039 and it actually, uh, so it prohibits the FMCSA, uh, it says, notwithstanding any other provision of law, the administration of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration may not issue any rule or regulation to require videos with gross vehicle weight of more than 26,000 pounds operating interstate commerce to be equipped with a speed limiting device set to a maximum speed. So, yeah, and uh, the, the bill is, is cited as deregulating restrictions on interstate vehicles and 18-wheelers act or the drive act. And it needs to happen. Um, like, let's be frank. Yeah, well, this, this is one of the well, many things that need to happen. Well, but here here we are. If you're watching this, you know, it's the end of May, and we can't even figure out if America is going to pay its bills next month. So I don't think this is going to make it through in time to beat this out is the only thing that sucks. Well, and I think it's bringing awareness to this, you know. So right now we spend a lot of the show talking about the speed limiter proposal. Um and now here you have HR 3039, which is combating that, essentially saying, hey, you're overreaching. This should not be happening. FMCSA, sit back, sit in your chair and do your job and stay out of overreaching into the trucking industry and making it a crap place. And that's essentially what's happened with the overreach. They, they've constantly said, oh, in the name of safety, in the name of safety, but look at the hours of service, look at the e-logs, look at all the different things that have been imposed and look at how it's worked. Has it worked in the interest of safety? They, they talk about how we need to get younger people into trucking. There, there's a big push to get Gen Z in trucking. Uh, as a millennial, you couldn't even get us into trucking because honestly, it really doesn't make much sense. Uh, I did so it. Old, yeah, you did it. But I mean, there's not obviously a lot of people doing it or else they wouldn't be screaming driver shortage. Yeah. Uh, but it's not as appealing as a lot of the other jobs out there. Uh, it's way more work. It's way harder. Uh, and quite frankly, the pay doesn't match the, the, the sacrifice. But you have this older aging out uh, driver population. And now you're putting things in like this, like you want to rush them out the door. That doesn't make any damn sense whatsoever. You, you're taking the only demographic you have. Um, and you're shitting on them. I'm just thinking we can do a better job bringing a positive light to this industry rather than when shit hits the fan, finding a way to thank a driver. You know, HR 3039 is one of those things that we're trying to do to combat this. Let's put a positive spin on it. You know, spend some of this government money and put out information on why it's beneficial to be a driver. Start showing our drivers that we like them and care for them not only monetarily, but also in the bills and stuff that we're putting forth. You know, let's think about the quality. Let's deal with shippers and making sure that, hey, you have to have proper facilities. Uh, let's deal with the parking. Let's deal with the hours of service. To to the credit of, of the people who can't get anything done in Washington, it does seem like there is a little bit of movement on truck parking. Um, so that is good because then those drivers will be able to have a spot to st a guaranteed safe spot to stop whenever they have to sit there and just go <sighs> because it took forever to get there because they could only go 65 miles. An hour. And that's one issue out of a plethora of issues that need to be addressed. Oh, yeah. And I'm happy that it's getting movement, but at the same point, 
these are the same people that are saying, hey, we need to attract new talent. Well, how do you attract talent? You need to give them a pathway. You need to give them a positive outlook and education on this. We should be introducing trucking into schools, what this job looks like and the history of it. We should be introducing this into the trades and publicating it across every platform out there of, hey, this is a viable avenue. But before you could do any of that, we actually have to make it a viable avenue. Exactly. Uh, I was wondering where you're going with that. I was really hoping that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like, you can't go out there and say, hey, this shit is great. And then uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's still a turd. You know, um, tr trucking is a wonderful place. Robert, who we brought on the show, uh, a lot of times Robert Pearson, you know, it's like he always says, you got to ask, is my baby ugly? Yeah, yeah, and the trucking baby is extremely ugly right now yes. and only getting uglier by the day. Uh, and there's a group of people out there that are trying to fix it. Uh, there's a lot of people out there trying to raise awareness. I just think we need to start listening to the people that are talking and less of the people wearing suits and ties that are making decisions about the industry and that aren't actually in the industry. Well, um, obviously, we have a lot of thoughts on this, um, but if you're out there and you're driving and you're watching or if you're sitting in an office, you know, especially, hey, if you're on the other side of this and you think it's a great idea, uh, we would love more than anything to hear why you think it's a good idea. But also, uh, if you have any reasons why it's a terrible idea that we didn't cover, uh, put that down in the comments because we're all about perspective here. Um, but that being said... Um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on this. Uh, we're hoping. Hope is kind of bleak. Uh, but we'll see what's up. Thank you for tuning in to Sense Per Mile. I'm your host, Charles Grace. And I'm your co-host, Paul Gibson. See you next time. <laughs>